1045 The Zone's non-stop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is The Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin. Presented by Renters Warehouse. And here we go. Straight up, 6 o'clock by my watch means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Finishing up your work week. Glad to have you with us. Blessed to have you as a part of my audience. My name, it's Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can find me there. Follow me there. So I had a question that was asked yesterday that I, it's going to be kind of the jump off point for a lot of what we're going to discuss here today and this evening on the program. And if you listen to me Sunday morning on Fox Sports Radio, you're likely to hear some of this again maybe after a couple more days, and I've actually gotten to see a little bit of this, I don't think I'm going to have a different take. I might have an even more extreme version of the same take. But before we get going, a reminder, I am blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. That's a reminder for me as much as you, just to make sure that my mind and heart are where I need them to be this evening in this moment. If things aren't going well for you, first off, I hope that changes. But my tweets, my DMs, always wide open at Jmart Zone for faith-based conversations. And real quickly, uh, I haven't been on. So if you have sent me something in the last seven days, that would explain why I have not ignored you. I just haven't been on Twitter at all, actually, since it was Friday morning. Last Friday morning was the last time I actually logged in on any device and looked at Twitter. And I don't have notifications on, so I had no idea. But I will look at that stuff and get to you soon. So the XFL is starting this weekend. We have been without football for less than a week, and here comes Vince McMahon, part deux, the XFL again. Someone called me last night on the program and asked me what I thought about the XFL and if I thought that spring football was viable. And I said, it depends on your definition of viable, but I actually answered kind of quickly. Under my breath, I just said no. If you have been a fan of mine or just someone that's listened to me, I don't want to jump to the conclusion that you've been a fan of mine, but if you listen to me, then you know where I am on this. I don't think spring spring football is particularly viable because I see it as inessential. We just saw the face of the NFL, the new face, Patrick Mahomes, win his first Super Bowl. We just saw that. We saw him in that comeback mode where the Chiefs scored three touchdowns on offense in the fourth quarter and became the first team to do it. We just saw an all-world defense in San Francisco. Two very bright coaches. One that's been around for a while, one that's been around a little bit less. But both of which formidable. We saw all pros on both sides of the ball. We saw a lot of money spent on both sides of the ball for both football teams. We saw their runs through the postseason. We were right here in Nashville. Watching Derrick Henry and the Titans beat the Patriots beat the Ravens, and give Kansas City a real fight. We watched San Francisco destroy Minnesota, destroy Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and then come up a little bit short against the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs on Super Bowl Sunday down in Miami. And here comes the XFL. I really think I could stop the show right here And you could just listen to nothing for the next 43 minutes or however long we've got here in terms of 
I mean, you're going to have to hear the breaks. Well, we're, you're going to hear the breaks. But in terms of my show, I could just sit here silently, and you could process what I just said. Think about what I just laid out to you in terms of what you just got finished watching over this last six weeks, six to eight weeks. We also saw a national championship in there for LSU. We're already talking about the draft. We're talking about the offseason. I know my buddy Rhett Bryan and Dave McGinnis have been already working hard on draft prep. I talked to Rhett yesterday. He said, got to make up for lost time. Lost time. The draft's still a couple months away. He said they they had gotten 73 players deep into their study. That's how serious Titans Radio takes this. But there's football being played, though. So why are we even worried about this? This is your problem. Spring football is not long-term viable because no one cares. And trying to make us care is going to be almost impossible. I think the XFL will do better than the AAF for one reason. Vince McMahon's money. Not because he has a ton of it, but because he's earmarked a ton of it that he's already willing to lose. He had a meeting last year where he sat down and he said, look, I have set aside $450 million in expected losses over the first three years of the XFL. I know it's going to take three years before we can even break even with this league. You may not know that, but that's it's been out there. You can find it if you look for it. But I've talked about it on this show numerous times. He set it aside. He's taken that money and he's put it to the side and he said, we're going to lose this money and I'm willing to do that to try and make a go of this. I don't think that it is his love of football. I think it is his pride being wounded because it failed the first time and the AAF dared to try and buy the XFL name from him to do it right. That wounded his ego. This week, WWE stock price tanked in the wake of the two co-presidents being let go. There's talk about Fox and WrestleMania. Fox actually, or them selling the rights to WrestleMania off the WWE Network and the biggest event of the pro wrestling calendar being on Fox television. I don't know that that's going to happen, but it would be a one-day cash infusion at the expense of a lot of network subscribers. But the stock price tanked. This thing was near $100. Actually, I think it was over $100 six months ago. And it was trading at like 42 to 45 this week. Even after earnings reports came out on Thursday saying that they had just had their most profitable quarter ever because the Fox deal, the SmackDown money, started to actually play into the revenue. And they went to Saudi Arabia, which you know how I feel about that entire situation. The company's not in great shape right now, and Vince is about to splinter it further. Because he wants this to work because he can't stand to lose. He can't stand anybody to think that he could fail. But what about the XFL is going to make you tune in more than this week? Short term, it may be viable. At least for one week. I am curious enough to watch it tomorrow afternoon. Not to give it a chance, per se, but because I want to observe it. I want to see what's different about it from the first time around. I want to see if there is a reason how this could work. But all the stories that I see on ESPN.com, 
or on all the various sports websites across the land and across the globe is stuff like Landry Jones is the face of the XFL. Cardell Jones hopes for a second chance in the XFL. That's what you're watching. You're watching guys that didn't hack it on the main level in the major leagues going somewhere else and trying to carve out a career. And look, that's very admirable for them. I root for every one of these players to do well. I root for a couple of success stories to come out of it and maybe guys to end up in the NFL as a result of it. I love that they're getting a chance to keep going after their dreams. This is not me trying to harm that. It's not me rooting against them. I would rather be wrong because XFL working out, good. We'd have a couple more months of of something a little bit different in terms of football. Spring football has never worked before. The AAF was a disaster, even though the ratings look good for the first couple of weeks. Now, the television partnerships here for the XFL are decent with Fox and ESPN and ABC, and the announcing is legit. The first time the XFL was around, it was Jesse Ventura. I love Jim Ross, but it was Jim Ross calling football, and it was Matt Vaskersian, if you saw the XFL 30 for 30, which was a little bit of a puff piece, but at least it was fun to watch. And Vaskersian's more of a baseball guy, and he's more of a serious guy. But you just you had a lot of weirdness going on. You had a lot of pro wrestling going on with your football. This time around, you've got Kurt Menefee, and you've got Joel Klatt, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for his football acumen and his talent in the booth. The few times I've been blessed enough to interview him, he always wows you. He's so impressive. The teams, the people that are associated with the broadcast side of this, are pros. This is different. It seems to be they're taking it more seriously. What's in it for them? Well, viewership at a time where sports is in dire need of it. When the NFL comes to an end, you start to lament the end of football, not look ahead to baseball. I'm not saying all of you. Some of you can't wait for the baseball season to start, but the vast majority of the country has tuned it out at least compared to what you were used to. If you're like me, I'm 41. When I was you know, 18, 20 years old, especially when I was 10, 11 years old, baseball was so much bigger than it is now. And there are numerous reasons for its decline. You've got the NBA trade deadline this week. I haven't talked about it almost at all because I don't think any of you care, quite frankly. We are in a spot before conference tournaments begin in college basketball when you start to pay attention to hoops. And before the Masters, where this is sort of a period of, I don't know, in a couple weeks, I'm going to be filling in for Clay Travis. It'll be me and Jeff Schwartz. And we always joke to each other that when we fill in, 85 to 90% of the time, there's nothing happening. Unless there's like a giant story that breaks. And maybe there will be one. There's some off-season stuff that could happen in the NFL. There's always money that can change hands. There's a lot of bad things that can happen, and hopefully some really good things that can happen. But right now, I can't tell you what we're going to be talking about right then. You could ask any sports media personality in this city, your favorite one, whether it's me or someone else, what it is we're going to be talking about next Friday, and we can't really answer you. Now, we are always slaves to the breaking news, but there's only so much that you can say about certain topics. So the XFL working out would give us, all of us in sports, something to do. Not to mention, as fans, we love sitting down and watching good sports. Key there is good sports. Is there something about a spring football league 
that makes you think we're going to see good football. Now, the football when the XFL began the first time around was putrid. I expect it to be better this time, but how much better? And how bad is it going to look? Here's here's the thing. If you follow, there's a reason why you don't want to follow greatness. There's a reason why you don't want to be the guy that replaces Bill Belichick in New England. There's a reason why, unless you have serious brass, you would not want to follow Nick Saban at Alabama. There's a reason why it's good in TV to have a good lead-in. It is. Like, if you have something that's, like, if you were able to, at the turn of the century or mid to late 90s, follow friends on Thursday, you were going to have a built-in audience that didn't change the channel. So you had an opportunity to win them over and become something yourself. Lead-ins are good. But if you're a band, you don't want to lead in for the guy that's on the tickets. I'm going to see Tyler Childers tonight at Ryman Auditorium. You don't want to follow Tyler Childers. You want to open for him and do a good job because the audience isn't there to see you. This spring football, the biggest problem off the start, is that you are following the main event. What's on the ticket, what the money was paid to see, what the merchandise was bought for, all of these things, you are after that. You are the fight after Mike Tyson's fight in 1988. You are playing a rec league basketball game after Texas Tech and Virginia in the national championship. You are playing football directly after LSU-Clemson, directly after the NFL playoffs, directly after the Super Bowl. What is still in our minds? What's still in our minds is great football, high-end, high-drama, superstars all over the place, football. And you're bringing me Landry and Cardale Jones and guys that, oh, yeah, I remember he used to play. And even Bob Stoops and some of the people that are associated from the coaching side, like, how much do you really care? How can you? I, I'm not even saying it like it's a negative. I can't expect you to care. I don't care. So that's step one. Step two, I think they've already revealed that they know what an uphill climb this is going to be, even more so than tent polling the money setting it aside as guaranteed losses, as Vince McMahon has done with that $450 million. When we come back, I'll tell you one dead giveaway that you're going to start seeing this weekend that will let you know just how little confidence they seem to have because they are really trying to find a niche. We'll be right back. This is the Big Six on a Friday here on 104.5 The Zone. Zone. This is the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jason Martin. You can find me on Twitter at jmartzone. We're talking XFL because it begins this weekend. If you missed what I said in the first segment, uh, I have said it before, and I'm sure I will say it again. But answering a question from last night about the viability of this league long term, a good way to catch up on anything you miss on this program is to subscribe to the Big Six with Jason Martin Podcasts through your podcast catcher of choice. That includes Spotify now, uh, certainly Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else that you go to get that content. You can consume it whenever you want, however you want. And we appreciate it. I appreciate it. 
any way you listen to me. I appreciate that. Don't take it for granted at all. I teased before the break that the XFL has kind of already shown a little bit of its hand in terms of its own lack of confidence in the level of play. To explain that, let me talk to you about television. This time, not about ratings and numbers, but about one of the showrunners that we will never forget from this century and especially from this past decade. And that's Vince Gilligan who created Breaking Bad. Vince Gilligan said, towards the end of the run of Breaking Bad, when he was starting to be asked a lot of questions and doing a lot more press and doing a lot more interviews, he talked about how he started his show one way and then it became something drastically different. And the reason why was a conversation he had with someone else in the industry that he respected on a directorial level, I believe, writing level, producing level. And that guy said, why don't you have confidence in your show? And Vince said, I I don't know what you're talking about. I have a ton of confidence in this show, as he should. It's one of the greatest shows of all time. So why would that guy say it? What was his reasoning behind it? The guy explained it thusly. He said, well, Vince, if you love Breaking Bad so much and you buy into it and you know that you have a winner here and you're totally confident about it, then why don't you let the content stand on its own? His point was, throughout the first episode of Breaking Bad, there was all this music underneath everything, underneath all the dialogue. And it was almost like it was trying to ease the possibility that the dialogue wasn't very good, that the story wasn't very compelling, but maybe people are going to get into it because we're going to throw a beat underneath it constantly. There's like a constant soundtrack, a bed underneath everything. And he said, you don't need that. Like if you believe in your script, let the words stand for themselves. And this is something that I've always talked about just quickly A pro wrestling analogy, I used to tell the people that would get into the ring and do interviews, and of course I would end up doing this as well, but guys that would go do promos and try to get over with a pro wrestling audience, I would tell many of them, don't scream at these people because they don't hear what you say at that point. Then you can't make an impact. Some of the all-time greats didn't scream, or they did very rarely. Instead, they talked in measured tones kind of like I am right now. And they said, you know, threatening things, malevolent things, or I'm going to pay you back for what you've done if you were a babyface, a good guy. You don't have to scream. If your point is good, it's more effective when it's measured. Just like with Breaking Bad. Earlier today, I screened the... Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn film, which I'm going to write about this weekend at the Big Six blog. And this was a film that just punched you in the face continuously. There was music underneath it. There was voiceover underneath it. There was constant action. There was blood. There was gore. There was guts. There was foul language. There was everything under the sun. And I got to the end of it, and I was just like, you know, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It wasn't terrible. But it didn't believe in itself. It really, in many ways, just wanted to execute a shock and awe on the audience. 
it wasn't something that you could actually get wrapped up in the story in because too much was happening for you to care much about the story. And then when you actually look at it, it was very, very simple. The villain was very, very simple and unlikable. It was better than Suicide Squad, but that's about as far as I could go. It was not terrible. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it, but the key here for the XFL is they have all these new rules. It's not just about the football. It's about a different kind of football. For instance, a double forward pass. As long as the first one's behind the line of scrimmage, you can throw the ball twice. XFL is going to use a running clock outside of the last two minutes of the half and of the game, which they're going to call that the comeback period. Almost like a video game when you get too far in front of the computer and then for some reason you can't do anything against them and it's tied up going into the fourth quarter. That's basically what this is. It's AI assist. It's going to change that or that's that's the idea here. And then there's kickoff changes. There's if you punt the football and it's a touchback, it goes to the 35. So that encourages people to go for it. And some of this may lead to good things. The first XFL led to... A lot of production and technical things, like the you know the famous sky camera that you now see, the wire across the field, especially that NBC first picked up, but that was an XFL thing. But you've got all sorts of new rules and weird tricks, and what it tells me is, oh, because they know the football is not going to be great. They want to try anything and everything to make this interesting so that we don't pick up on the fact that the actual sport being played is mediocre. And that goes back to my point in the first segment. How can you make us care about this when you're following the main event? It hasn't even been a week. Not a week since the Super Bowl. Two weeks since the Pro Bowl when you saw you know the best of the best. All pro teams being named, Hall of Famers being named, all of this. We just gave out the biggest trophy in the sport. And now you want us to care about a brand new league that is, again, coming equipped with a bunch of things that aren't like the football we're used to. You know you can't compete with the football, so you want us to watch the tricks. You want us to watch Smoke and Mirrors. Some of these rules might be good. They really might, and maybe the NFL picks up a few of them. You never know. But think about this. No extra points after touchdowns, which I think a lot of us have been okay with. Option to run a play to score either one, two, or three extra points, creating the possibility for a nine-point touchdown. What's a catch? I see that. And then there's another one that I saw that it was just like, what? Overtime. You know how I feel about the NFL overtime. In overtime in the XFL, each team's offense will have five attempts to complete a two-point conversion from the five-yard line, each successful conversion being worth two points. The team with the most points at the end of the shootout is the winner. If one team clinches a win early, the unnecessary remaining rounds will not be played. No coin toss to determine the order. Visiting team will always make the first two-point attempt. Defenses cannot score in overtime. All of what I just read to you is stuff that they're going to want you to just mentally be okay with, even though we're not used to it at all. It's going to feel like a gimmick. And that works in pro wrestling when you're the undertaker 
or you're Stone Cold Steve Austin, or you're the Nature Boy Ric Flair. But it doesn't work as well in a sport that we already know pretty well. Yeah, we might not know what a catch is, and some of the NFL rules are bogus and terrible. But there seems to be so much minutia here. It's just like, oh, well, this could be worth one point or two points or three points. We're going to do five in overtime, and then it gets to ten, and then it, it, all of this stuff. Sports audiences as a whole are aging, folks. The average audience for a major sport, particularly football, basketball, and baseball, in the country is nearly or over 50 years old. How many of these people are going to watch these rules and care? We're going to watch the football. We're not going to understand the rules. It's like we sit there. We've watched rugby and we've watched Australian rules football. We've watched these things before and not really understood and just kind of enjoyed the spectacle of it all and tried to sort of pick it up as we went along. But we were watching the highest version of those sports available when we were. We're going to see a lot of things that we're going to have to try and hopefully pick up as we go along while we're watching bad football. This doesn't even get to the point that we just watch great football. And again, if I just saw greatness and then you're going to bring this out, it's going to make this look so much worse than it would if we were doing this in three months. There is an appetite. I think the idea of doing it now is there's an appetite for football. But it doesn't seem like this is the best time to even do this right after the Super Bowl. Right after we just saw the absolute best, you're going to bring us at best I'll be very generous here and say C. And I don't even think that's what it's going to be. They're going to play hard. They're going to coach hard. They're going to go for this trophy that no one's going to care whether or not they won five years from now. I just fail to understand how this is supposed to be a viable enterprise if the audience is not going to stay invested. And my prediction is ain't no way. We may watch it this weekend. The XFL is thinking, I guess the timing has to be, there's not a whole lot else going on in sports for the next month. Maybe we can get them now. But I have a feeling that you're going to watch Menifee and Klatt and all the people that are doing these broadcasts do the best job they can. And then when the microphones are off, they're going to be like, I can't believe we're doing this. Because they're going to know it's going to fail. Let me say this again. I would love to be wrong. Love it. I would love to care about the XFL and for us to be able to talk about it and take your phone calls about your favorite teams and players and who's going to win this matchup and that matchup. I just don't see it, folks. What about this league now makes it any different than any of the other leagues that have been tried and failed in the past but for Vince McMahon being willing to lose almost half a billion dollars to try and just break even three seasons from now? Do we really think that the XFL is still with us in three years. I do not. Maybe you get a second champion, but I'm not even sure about that. It just does not seem to be on solid ground. And I imagine there's a lot of people associated with Vince's company in Stanford, Connecticut, that aren't on board with this. And Vince is... 70 plus years old if there comes a time where he can't fulfill his responsibilities anymore has to step aside 
health reasons or anything else, what happens to the XFL then? I just think there's way too much going against this. Tweet me at jmartzone and tell me I can't wait for the XFL. I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to sit there. I've made plans to watch that. I would be surprised if I would get a lot. I know I will get some. And I know there's a lot of you that, that probably disagree with me right now. I just don't know how a spring football league is supposed to work. Not when you're following Patrick Mahomes and people like Patrick Mahomes with Cardale Jones. Explain it to me. Tell me where I have gone off path here. I think the XFL is already another three-letter acronym. D-O-A. Be right back. It's a big six on 104.5 The Zone. It's a big six here on 104.5 The Zone on a Friday here to Music City. Snow earlier today. Might be a little bit of powder still on the ground out there. And it's cold, so be safe. Probably a good night to hang out, watch a little bit of television, probably. Maybe some soup. Hot beverage of some kind. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. We talked a lot of XFL on this show. I do want to give you one more lesson about it. And that is, as you get older, or at least as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that less is more. That's not just a cliche. It's not just a phrase. It is totally applicable. The third donut never tastes as good as the first one, even if the second one is close. The four-hour movie is almost never as good as the two-hour and 15-minute version of the same movie. There are a lot of cases when the directorial cut reveals why there was an actual cut to begin with. Very few times does it go the opposite direction. And then in movies where they try to do too much, they often accomplish nothing. If your mind isn't focused on one task, if you're trying to multitask, you can multitask. But if your mind is all over the place and you can't finish anything, you keep starting 15 projects, but you don't finish any of them, what have you actually accomplished? Less is more. The XFL is more. It's not less. We just finished. I know we think it's the shortest season because it is. It flies by. But we just finished five months of football. We got two months and then we got a draft. And we'll be talking about the draft probably in a couple of weeks. Some of us already are talking about the draft, looking at the combine, all of these things. We're talking about Brady. We're talking about Breeze. We're talking about Rivers. We're talking about Cam Newton. We're talking about Ron Rivera as a new head coach. We're talking about Matt Rule as a new head coach. We're talking about... Mike McCarthy in Dallas. We're talking about all of this. So we're still thinking about football, which is basically a year-round sport in many respects. We think we want more football. But we don't. We want If you want more football, you want more of the NFL. But yesterday when we were doing the State of the Union sports address, when I was talking about the NBA... I mentioned that their biggest problem, even though they keep trying to trying to tweak things in the All-Star game and this reason and that and another play-in tournament and all of this, 
the real answer, the real conundrum is, how do you deal with an 82-game season where 182nd doesn't feel like I need to sit there and give you three hours of my time when if these teams are good, they're going to match up when it matters once we get to the playoffs? You love college football. It is the shortest season. You love NFL football. It is the shortest professional season. You don't really want more football. You think you do, but the reason why is because they leave you wanting more. So as you want more, the XFL is going to come pick up those pieces, but they're not going to give you more. The first pie, there's two apple pies sitting on the kitchen counter. One was made by your grandma. One was brought by a neighbor. Maybe even a beloved neighbor. Who knows? You know what your grandma's desserts are going to do for you. You know how much your kids love them. All of these things. The neighbor's pie is a little bit more of a crapshoot. Like Maybe you're intrigued by it, but do you really think it's going to taste as good as grandma's apple pie? You try to duplicate. There's always those jokes about, can my wife make a pie as good as my mother or my grandmother? Luckily, mine can, and my grandma was an awesome baker, and my mom is, she always talks about how she can't cook, but she's wrong. But my wife is superb in the kitchen. But how much confidence do you have in your neighbor's pie against your grandma's? The NFL and college football are grandma's apple pie or grandma's pumpkin pie, or grandma's pound cake, whatever the dessert is. I don't want to assume that you love apple pie. You may not. Maybe you're even allergic to apples. I have no idea. The dessert you love from your grandma, that's the NFL. That's college football. You know what it tastes like every time. Maybe you want to add a little bit of ice cream to it. Maybe the ice cream is the Tennessee Titans making it to the AFC championship game. Or maybe you want to add some chocolate syrup to the cake or whatever it is. Maybe you need to soup it up just a little bit, but you know what you're about to get it's going to be worth the calories but have you ever grabbed like a piece of cake off a buffet at a restaurant and you're just oh this is going to be fantastic you eat half of it and you're like that wasn't worth the calories that was dry that seemed to be missing an ingredient i gotta add a whole lot to that That's what the XFL wants you to do. They want you to think they've already added all those ingredients to it, but you're really just picking up a piece of cake or a pastry off of a buffet. And then they're trying to tell you that that's going to taste just as good and it's going to fill the hole left by your grandma's apple pie when she finally hangs up that apron and doesn't do it anymore. It's just false. It's built on a foundation that just isn't believable to be there. If the XFL works, it's going to be a gigantic aberration. You have tradition. You have loves and hates. You have family and friends that you've gotten close to because of your affinity for this sports team or that one. And, yes, there had to be a first season of the NFL. There had to be a first college football season. Every sport had to begin, and all of them had unique challenges. But how many of them have tried to do basically the same thing that's already succeeded for someone else and then tell you, but ours also deserves your attention? 
I have come around to the thought that while Deadwood might be the best Western-inspired show we've ever seen, Justified is worth the time, even if it's just second best on a lot of people's lists and different in some respects. You can't just say, well, it's not the best, so why would I watch it? But in this case, the NFL product is going to be so far superior to what you're likely to see on the field tomorrow and Sunday and going forward with the XFL, how long are the numbers going to stand up? Maybe they're good this weekend. Maybe they're even good for a couple of weeks, but how long before you're taking your kids out and you're playing outside as it's going to get a little bit warmer? Right now it's a little cool in some parts of the country, so maybe they have a little bit of a built-in audience there, but there's travel teams and everything else, and maybe you make time for the NFL on Sundays with your boys. But can you do that for the XFL? Can you sell that? Can you sell it to yourself, much less your family? If there's one thing that all of us need more of, it seems like, in our lives, it's time. Time becomes priceless because you don't have it as much. You don't have the time to accomplish everything that you think you should. So some things have to be cut. The NFL might be big enough that it doesn't get cut. You've got fantasy and you've got many other reasons to pay attention to it. Plus, it's become fabric of culture, fabric of Americana. But minor league football hasn't. How is minor league baseball doing? How much do you pay attention to college baseball? We love Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not making anybody care outside of this state that's not a huge just college baseball fan in general. The XFL is trying to make you believe that something like minor league baseball or minor league hockey or not, you know, what was it? I can't even remember now the, the tour, not the PGA tour, but the one beneath the PGA tour. Bush series racing back in the day, all of that stuff. They're trying to make you believe that that is also worth the same time that the majors are. It's built on a false premise because I don't think anybody can wrap their brain enough. And the cognitive dissonance does not exist for you to watch what you're going to see tomorrow and say, I can't wait to see that again. I don't even miss the NFL anymore. It's just going to make you want the NFL more in the fall. It's not going to make you want to see more XFL now. We'll be right back. This is a big six on 104.5 The Zone. Download. Final segment of the program. Final segment of the week here on the Big Six. 104.5 The Zone brought to you by Renner's Warehouse. They're dedicated to making renting your home easy, fast, and worry-free. Renner's Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. You'll hear me Sunday morning on Fox Sports Radio from 2 to 4, and then you'll hear the final hour from 6 to 7 here on 104.5 Zone. A lot of you ask where that third hour is. Well, there's other things that have to, to play there, but we will record that, and you'll hear that third hour as close as you can to when it actually airs across the country on Fox Sports Radio. I will react to at least a little bit of the XFL. I'll try to watch some of it. Even though, again, I'm looking at a Saturday calendar and I'm just like, how much time am I really going to be able to make to give to the XFL? 
Another thing that I wanted to point out real quick about this, since we're just kind of sticking on this topic tonight, which I hope you've, even if you've disagreed, I hope that you've listened and just kind of bared with me here on this. Conor McGregor just, in the streaming universe, just did over a million streaming buys for his fight against Cowboy Cerrone a couple of weeks ago. And that was a sixty-four ninety-nine fight plus a five dollar entry fee on ESPN Plus for the subscription. So it was a seventy million dollar basically gross that they pulled in on that fight. Over the past few weeks, I've talked a lot about needle movers. We talked about Zion Williamson and we talked about Patrick Mahomes. We talked about Tom Brady. We talked about Kobe. And now Conor McGregor proving it again that the audience is there if you were a needle mover. If you don't have stars, that's what attracts you to a sport. If you don't have stars, you're going to struggle. Baseball doesn't seem to be able to create stars. There are some personalities, your Mookie Betts and people like that, but the best player in the game doesn't really want to be a star. He just wants to be the best player in the game, Mike Trout. But we don't know him the way that we used to know some of these guys. The NFL has stars because quarterbacks are stars and because football is football. College football has stars. They're the coaches. NBA stars are there, but they're so, a lot of times they're put together in spots where there's a lot of teams that don't have those names, and so they're never going to rate. But if you don't have stars, you don't have much in the way of eyeballs coming from anyone that's not a super hardcore fan of what you're doing. So it's an even harder ask for the XFL to follow up stars in the NFL with people that couldn't hack it or had other issues that kept them out of professional football before, but now they can be stars in a secondary league. But you've got to create those stars, and you've got to create stories. And unfortunately for the XFL, the only two names that you really remember are He Hate Me and Tommy Maddox. And I remember Jeff Brom because he's head coach of Western Kentucky. And you know, I, when I interviewed him, we talked about the Memphis Maniacs a little bit. But Cardell Jones is not going to be a star, I don't think. Landry Jones is not going to be a star. And if they are, it's going to take time to make them stars. And how much time do you have in this culture where there's so many streaming services, there are so many outlets and so many channels that didn't exist even 10 years ago that do now? Where is this audience going to come from that's going to stay with this product through its growing pains, through its growing phase? That is why it's taken me an hour to lay it all through for you. Why I don't think the XFL or any spring football league can be viable long term. Because for it to be long term, people have to stick with it long term and they have to deal with the growing pains and they have to let the kinks be worked out and they have to let all the mistakes be made, and then hope that somebody elevates themselves that becomes some kind of a superstar player or name or personality that brings in attention. And then you hope that that spreads by some kind of osmosis and gets around to other people and other players and other teams and other markets. There were smart people associated with the AAF too. There's a lot of smart people associated with the XFL. I'm not rooting against them. But I'm paid to tell you what I think. And what I think is the XFL is not going to work. 
But tweet me at jmartzone this weekend if you're enjoying it and tell me why I am wrong. I am willing to admit it if it turns out to be the case. In fact, my fingers are crossed. I'm rooting for the XFL. I ain't seeing it, though. I'll see you on Fox Sports Radio Sunday morning right here on The Zone. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless. Saying goodnight from the Music City. Indoor.